All right, Jack, ready to roll? I am ready to roll. I want to point out we're well over 150 episodes at this point. This morning on the way in, I was listening to other people's content. And it was like, we still don't have a sponsor. After all of these years, we've kept it. Unsponsorized. Unsponsorized. Unsponsorable. And in keeping with that, <laughs> in keeping with that notion, I'd like to recommend to our listeners Post Toasties, the cereal that gets you up and active for your cybersecurity day. That's Post Toasties at a grocery store near you. <laughs> Oh, man. This is a serial broadcast. <laughs> but it, there's someone at Post Toasties right now being like, nailed it. Oh, yeah. All right. Pretty funny. What are we going to talk about today? The great Holly McDubswell had uh, come up with some recent news that I think dovetails into some conversations we have. I don't know if you remember a number of episodes ago, we talked about the college in somewhere in the Southeast that had basically shut down after ransomware attack was sort of like the last straw in a series of financial predicaments they found themselves in. Was this Lincoln? Yeah, Lincoln. Exactly right. Exactly. Man. Like an elephant. I'm telling you, sharp as a bowling ball. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but Holly had noted uh, that there's uh, a new advisory that just came out telling particularly the K through 12s, which is a different ball of wax, but basically that K through 12 is a more prevalent target for ransomware attacks. So I figured it might be fun to talk about that a little bit because they actually have seen uh, a lot more abuse over the course of the last six to 12 months. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So maybe we can start off with the why of it all, right? So we know that uh, ransomware touches everybody. We've seen it hit the biggest companies, uh, the smallest, you know, healthcare practices, what have you. The company, our company, New Harbor, has done a load of work with state, local education for a long, long time. As you've seen organizations worry about this more, right? It's become more prevalent. What do you hear? you know, from our clients is the way that they think about the ransomware threat. Are they thinking about it as something that's going to be targeted at them? Do they think it's something that's the responsibility of them as an open community trying to get education done? Do they see it as something else? Are you talking about like overall or are you just talking about K through 12? I think education overall, you know, really, because I think we've seen it hit obviously higher ed and now we're reading about it being more prevalent for the K through 12 marketplace. So I think both are probably germane. It varies. When we can talk about attacks either in higher ed or K through 12, I almost see different like stratospheres of impact. So let's just put into three buckets just for the sake of simplicity is you have the very large K through 12 districts. So like one we talked about for the NACO event that you attended was the Adams County five-star school district in Colorado. That's a big, big K through 12, thousands and thousands of students and the amount of infrastructure that you need to support that is large. So I'd let's put those types of districts in that first bucket. The second bucket is going to be smaller school districts, perhaps a little bit more established, not as far as the reach, not as far as many students served, likely only serving a singular county or singular town, mm. but still have resources, still have infrastructure, but I would argue have a little bit more of a distributed architecture. And the third one is just bare bones, smaller towns, smaller schools with very little technological footprint. They probably have email and that's about it. When I break those down and I think about all the groups that we've worked with over time and everybody that I've talked with, it's primarily folks in that first bucket that have the most heightened sense of concern, obviously, because they basically have all of the infrastructure, all of the support needs, everything that a higher ed, like a typical higher ed institution might have. So concerns are valid, but they're also spending on cyber, right? They're spending on things like they need firewalls, they need endpoint protection, they need email gateways. Like they have the staff to think about all of this stuff. While it's top of mind and it's a worry, they also have investment to mitigate some of those threats. 
the second bucket I think is probably, I, I don't want to say more susceptible, but let's just say they also carry added risk mm. in, in a different flavor in the sense where they haven't invested as much in the infrastructure, the security infrastructure, but they also don't have as big as an infrastructure footprint. So they're not spending as much, but they don't have as much to protect as, say, like Adam's five-star school district would. And then there's the bottom one is saying, like, if you whack them, like, maybe take their email offline, if at all. They're, they're probably hosting in Google Cloud or, like, Office 365. So if they detonate anything that's, like, ransomware, it's probably being detonated in a sandbox that's in Google or Office 365. So I realize, like... People are talking about this a lot this week, yeah. it seems. I think it's going to be gone by next week, honestly. I think part of it, right, is uh, L.A. got hit on the 7th. Right? L.A. got shut down. And one of the re reports I read was pretty interesting, and it was suggesting that these attack groups, and I think the one that they're blaming for the L.A. hack is Vice something or other, Vice Squad, Vice something else, whatever. Because of the fact that it's back to school, the schools can't afford to shut down, especially, to your point, the larger school districts. Yeah. And so if they get knocked about and all of those hundreds of thousands of students have nowhere to go, then the school's in a bad way. And so I think maybe they're trying to monetize, right, that uh, they're more likely to pay, as well as all the considerations you mentioned about whether they're prepared or not. I remember back in... I think it was 19 when the city of Atlanta got hit, right? That was a really big deal. That was state services. And then there was also the fact that the school systems end up, ended up getting run over as well in the, in the course of it. And another element of these more recent attacks that's interesting is they're also stealing data, yeah. right? There's evidence that they're stealing data as well as monetizing it through the traditional you know, shut down the services. And as these organizations, like you just mentioned, they're at all sorts of different levels of technical sophistication, depending upon, you know, what they're using. I'm wondering, is there also a component of this that relates to the style of computing that happens now, particularly because there are more students behaving remotely, right? That they're on their home networks, they're dialed in. And I don't think you're going to find a lot of school districts which have turned the corner on enabling remoteness the way that professional organizations have. I think you're spot on. And that in itself limits all kinds of risk, right? So like just using my kids as like a singular example is like they have technology, they come to work, they do homework at home or whatever it is. They're not connected to any school system. It's contained within that single thing. So they also don't have email or any other type of access on there. But let's just say if they did and it detonated there, like it's contained to that device. You know, so I, I think you're spot on. The other thing that's really interesting is like, let's put this into perspective for a second. We know ransomware attacks have hit higher ed. We know that there's been documented damages paid as part of this. But as a total population of people who attend higher ed compared to K through 12 in the U.S., it's like night and day difference. Mm -hmm. Every day there's thousands and millions and millions of people attending K through 12. And there's thousands and thousands of K through 12 school districts. But like we rarely hear about them getting popped. Yeah, We hear about LA because it's like it's a big name. And yes, they, they could probably afford to pay a ransom if they had to. Yep. But in actuality, like, I think these things happen every day. The impact to the K through 12 is, well, significant, and I'm sure they deal with it. Like, I'm sure it happens, and the impacts are small, and they just re-image their systems, and they roll forward, which would be my knee-jerk guess to this. But I think as, like, an overall risk profile, I believe, my opinion is that K through 12, anything under, like, that tier one bucket system that I just laid out 
is really not worth anybody's time. And I think this is just going to pass once the media gets tired. <laughs> You're tired of talking about it? Yeah, and they'll, just, they'll find something else next week to talk about. Like, trash recycling centers are under attack. <laughs> your PC wasn't recycled well, properly. And I've got your hard drive, and I know what you Googled for it last night. It only has to last <laughs> another three weeks, right? Because October will usher in Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So there'll be another victim to flog media-wise. Just one thing you mentioned that I thought was important, and I hadn't thought about this, the school districts that are capable of sending off you know, the Chromebook or who have made the move yeah. to encapsulate everything inside a Google environment, they're really so much better off from a student perspective. And I'm wondering if they've taken that same level of rigor around containerization and isolation to administrators and administrative function, are they still operating off the TRS-80 that exists in the principal's office? And that those systems may be more closely integrated inside the network as a whole to cause some of these problems. So you're not going to ransomware the eight-year-old, but you may ransomware the infrastructure that lets the bells ring and knows where all the grades are. Yeah, I think that's accurate. But your, your take on it is overall, don't panic. There's been a very successful attack, I guess, against... The, the team in Los Angeles m more recently. But in general, that one big thing shouldn't lead people to over-rotate ongoing threat to K through 12. Yeah, I would ask, what does LA school district represent as a percent population of all the schools in the country? And then as a percentage of student coverage, how many of those students were impacted as a percentage of the total student body in the country in K through 12? It's minuscule. I mean, it's super unfortunate. I mean, I'm, I'm not happy about that, but comparatively speaking. Want to cry, it's not. I don't, I don't want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Well, on that note, I think uh, we've provided some more balanced feedback to what otherwise might be a relatively hyperbolic discussion of ransomware in the K through 12. Solid. All right. Well, if you're looking for cybersecurity help, honed at newharborsecurity.com. Uh, if you need help with uh, clearing out leaves and brush in fall season. Gutters. Gutters. Mm. I, don't do <laughs> I don't really like getting up on ladders, frankly. Interesting. Well, you're very tall to begin with. Yeah, well, if I can't, if, if I can't sit on my two feet and reach up and get it, I'm not doing it. No, thanks. Got <laughs> yeah. it. All right. We'll get you on the next one.